Hello everyone and welcome back to the Entertainment Minds Complicated People. My name is Marcus and today I am joined by our guest Isabel. And today we are going to be doing a Let's Talk. Now, um, just to quickly address this, um, we have started uh, to move the Let's Talks from regular episodes into their own episodes because we feel it would fit better. Because what you guys don't know is that out of the maybe um, 45 minutes in an episode, um, we actually probably get about three hours worth of recording and what takes up most of the time is the let's talk and so we've decided to just move that from a regular episode so we it doesn't feel as forced and as like condensed and this is a sort of new format where we can have a proper discussion and it brings it kind of brings it all together and it leaves room for a nice open discussion without having to worry about the time constraints so um yeah hope you guys enjoy this uh new format and if you guys do enjoy please let us know in the comments on youtube or um if you're on a podcasting platform and you aren't on youtube you can send us an email at contact.complicatedpeople at gmail.com uh we would love to hear your thoughts on this uh, format and honestly yeah, we would just love to know um, your opinions, how it's going, uh, if there's any improvements to be made, because we are still learning, we still want to improve, so yeah, please just uh, let us know. Let's get into it. So today's Let's Talk is about Disney. Um, so the colossal company that is Disney, the gigantic company that owns pretty much all the world's greatest IPs. Um, so let's get a bit of background information on uh, Disney. So it was founded on the 16th of October 1923 by Walt and Roy Disney. Walt had lived in Kansas City running another firm called Lafagram Studios, which went bankrupt in 1923. They went and produced films like the Alice comedies that stars child actor Virginia Davis um, as Alice and Pretty much, she just gets up to antics in a cartoon world. Now, um, they are honestly some of the sort of greatest silent films I think we uh, I, I've ever seen. I mean, obviously, there are different kinds of silent films, but this one is special because the blend of cell-drawn like animation and live action for the 1920s was absolutely amazing. And so, I mean... Uh, before we started recording this, uh, Isabel and I both watched the videos and we both found them to be quite interesting. And the one we watched in particular was um, Alice's Wonderland, not to be confused with the uh, other Disney movie, Alice in Wonderland. Uh, but Alice's Wonderland was a very, um, was pretty much about a girl going into a cartoon landscape. And it, she is blended with cell-drawn animation. And although it does sort of show its age now, for the time, like, it, it's still very impressive. And it, I can't really say it's dated, because it really does kind of hold up um, from modern standards. But there's certain things that you can see aren't as quite, quite as refined. But to be fair, they were a relatively sort of new to this you know everything was new all this technology was new so yeah obviously they weren't going to be as refined um but yeah i personally quite enjoyed it and i thought it was amazing to see the 
blend of the animation style and like live action honestly it's they're really kind of good movies and um i'll leave a link in the description to that episode so if you guys went to that episode to that movie uh, it's about 12 minutes long you don't have to watch all of it but if you just watch the first couple minutes you'll get the gist of it and you'll understand what i'm talking about and another thing i like is the timing as well their timing is absolutely impeccable when it comes to the um interacting with the characters like they managed to animate it to such like perfection and i honestly think that is something that we're missing these days like Honestly, it looks more realistic than some of the CGI that Marvel use. One division. Um, but yeah, honestly, I think that is a great thing for um, like Disney. I think it's kind of, it, it says what they were about before they were even about. And I think you can really see like the production quality and the values that Disney once had. And it upsets me that they don't have this these days, but we'll get into that later when we talk about um how they how they evolved so i mean isabel uh, as i said watch these and um i'd be curious to hear your thoughts on alice's wonderland uh it's very imaginative in the way that they don't really pay attention to the laws of physics and they try and create something that's like out of this world um to enhance comedy uh that's that's something that they have definitely achieved very well after they made the alice comedies walt disney did eventually move out of hollywood to work with his brother the walt disney company originally just focused on animation and later they would move on to live action films tv and theme parks such as disneyland that opened in uh, 1955 in california and obviously we know that they opened other Disneyland, such as the one in Tokyo, which was their first one abroad. And then they would later move on to the one in Paris, which is um, probably the one I know uh, I know best because living in Europe and going to there a couple times, uh, Disneyland really has been a massive part of my life. So let's just quickly talk about each uh, individual category then. So the live action films, um, something they've started doing a little bit more recently, I would say, uh, particularly with their live-action remakes, such as The Jungle Book, which I believe was their first one. And then they would have The Lion King, and then you would have Christopher Robin, which wasn't a live-action remake. I will heavily defend that movie. Come at me. It wasn't a remake. It was a an original story, at least. Unlike The Lion King, which was literally just The Lion King, but worse. Mulan, which they removed like one of the main characters for the live-action remake, and um, if you watch one of the Disney uh, Plus series, they actually do go into a little bit depth saying that Mulan didn't, uh, nearly didn't go ahead because they couldn't find the right actress to play Mulan because they were like being really picky over who could play Mulan. And honestly, I think it probably would have been for the best because um, from what I've heard, that was terrible. Uh, très terrible. Um, and then there's the other uh, live action movies that they made, which honestly are pretty god-awful um and obviously i'm not just talking about live action remakes but they also did live action films um let's talk about g-force for a moment of course that was a disney movie i believe 2009 don't quote me on that um i have it on dvd come at me i still have dvds um that it was it was a good movie at the time it's a very good movie i really liked the movie at the time but uh when when you go back to it and you rewatch it, you realize that it was god awful. Um, but yeah, if anyone ever remembers G Force, let me know in the comments because I remember it. And I, 
I have fun memories of it, but I'm not going to go back and watch it because I know it will ruin my childhood. But um, obviously, yeah, they, they did their live-action films, which, honestly, I, I would say, I'm not going to talk about critically, uh, I'm not going to talk about commercially, but I'm going to talk more, like, personally, and um, from what I've heard from different people, um, I don't think live-action movies are going too well for them. But that's just Disney ones, not Marvel. Marvel is obviously doing much better, but we'll get on to that. Um, I mean, you were, you and I were talking about Mulan before we started, and you were saying about like some of the live-action movies. I mean, what, what do you think of how Disney have been treating their live-action movies recently? Uh, I will say that there are a few good ones, uh, such as Cinderella, Beauty and the Beast. I thought that those ones did go very well. Um, however, the Mulan, I was very disappointed because it's it was a good story. However, I wished that they stay they sticked with uh, the original storyline because my favorite my, sorry my second favorite movie is Mulan, uh, and it's a shame that they cut out one of the best characters, um, which made up most of the comedy in the movie. I'd say that the new movie is a little bit more serious, uh, which I get because of the culture. But there were a few scenes in the original that I quite liked that were not recreated, which I would have liked to see. Um, I was a very big fan of Cruella. It's not necessarily a remake, but it's the story of Cruella, and they really captured that so well. I loved it. It was a great movie. It really showed behind the scenes of the character of Cruella. Alice in Wonderland, I did like the movie. Alice in Wonderland is my favourite Disney movie. Um, I wouldn't say that I'm disappointed, but again, it's a little bit far from the storyline. Um, not as much as Mulan was, definitely. It still had the main points, the key points, but there were certain aspects to it which slightly different. Um, Aladdin, I oh, loved. No. I loved Aladdin! Oh my oh, god, really? That was god awful. I watched it, and I, it's, I think one of the main reasons why a lot of people, um, clearly not you, but a lot of people um, didn't like Aladdin was because the genie, Will Smith is the genie, that was like the worst casting choice possible, and it's, I, it, like I have justified reasons for it, and I think a lot of the reason is because a lot of people don't want a new genie. A lot of people just want Robin Williams back, which unfortunately can't happen. But a lot of people just preferred the sort of ad lib that like Robin Williams did. And so that movie was compared to the original, which just can't beat it. It definitely cannot beat it. I understand that, but I do think that, in my opinion, Will Smith was a very good cast choice. He played, I I think he played the part very well. Compared to um, the rest of the actors, I feel like he did a very good job. Mm. He really created the comedy around the genie in the original movie and managed to match that energy, for me anyways. I don't think there's any other ones that I need to talk about. It's funny, like, because um, you brought up Cruella. I haven't personally watched that. I mean, it's currently one of those sort of new movies. Um, the the casting choice of Emma Stone. I mean, Emma Stone can definitely um, like do a do a bit of singing if she has to, because well, we've seen La La Land, um, which is funny because everyone I talk to hates La La Land, but um, come at me. I we watched it in drama, and man, I so bored. 
I got really bored of that movie. I think that it was a bit too um, theatre for me, too musical. I fair enough. It was a bit much for me. Yeah, no, I can I can see that because some people just don't like musical. I I personally love musicals and I love musical theatre. Um, so yeah, that really appealed to me. Mm-hmm. But um, Emma Stone, um, honestly, she I think she does an okay job of the of the British accent. Um, it's, for a lot of British people, it's easy to tell when an American is doing a British accent because it, it, it comes across as really forced, like, when, like, nine times out of ten when there's a British accent, like, no one ever does, like, a neutral British accent, like, sort of, um, I don't want to say mine because it's not the best example, but, I mean, I, I like to think that my accent's pretty neutral, um, not northern, not southern, but whenever they're doing an accent, it's always the posh accent, and... It really annoys me when filmmakers force Americans to do stuff like that, or when British actors are forced to do an even more British accent just so people know that they are British and not Australian, because apparently a British accent is very close to an Australian accent. Again, as I said, I haven't really seen Cruella. I, I don't exactly know um like how it performed. I do know the relative plot to it, <coughs> and... Mm, minor agreement, minor disagreement. I, I I think it's at least it's original, but the the whole story of it makes literally like like po- potential spoilers here. But correct me if I'm wrong. Dalmatians killed her mother, who wasn't her actual mother or something. Like Dalmatians killed her mother, and that's why she ha- hates Dalmatians. But, it, like, during the movie, she gives people Dalmatians, which is the dog that in the actual 101 Dalmatians films, she's so intent on skinning alive. Mm, that is correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you can, you, just from that mini explanation there, you can already see how ludicrous the plot actually is. Because, um, and she, she gets named after a car as well, Cruella de, Deville, because the car is the Deville, not devil oh i did i did quite like that scene i did like that scene that was pretty good (laughs) i mean Um, i'm a cynicist so you know i will say that going back to your accent rant (laughs) um for this particular movie i do think that the force accent was necessary um due to the uh the timeline when it was set and also the fact that they were in a very posh setting Although she was, she wasn't necessarily uh, brought up in a very spoiled environment. Uh, however, the fact that I think it was all an act, it was all an act for the character herself. Like she was, she was acting to be someone. Well, she was acting to be Cruella, her her natural self. But she was enhancing it. Um, I do think that the acting plays a big part in it. Not just the actress acting. I mean, as in the actual character acting to be her natural self putting herself out there and trying to be noticed i think the accent really helped to bring herself forward give her some uh, authority in a way i understand your point like i think the I, I i can see where you're coming from with that and i mean again it's each to their own like some people like the movie some people don't i mean i'm a massive fan of christopher robin but like, call me what you want, but, like, Winnie the Pooh is my childhood, so I will, like, vigorously defend anything Winnie the Pooh. Um, even the crappy Disney shows, 
that used to be on when I was a kid, where they had like this weird girl who appeared like a couple times in place of Christopher Robin. It was weird. It was a weird show. Either way, um, yeah, that's that's kind of what happened. Um, but yeah, so moving off of live action films then, um, before I go on a, another tirade of other live action movies I hate, um, this TV. So, back to this Disney Winnie the Pooh TV show, this weird mess of a TV show. Um, like, I'm, I'm gonna quickly find its name. Uh, so, um, I found the name of that um, TV show, and it is called My Friends, Tigger, and Pooh. Um, and I've actually searched it up on Disney+, and it doesn't look like it's in their catalogue. So, I might have just found something that isn't in Disney's catalogue on Disney+. Plus, That's quite interesting. I wonder why. Uh, probably because they want to forget about it. But the uh, the plot, um, according to the wiki page, or IMD... No, according to IMDB, I think it is. Um, Darby, a six-year-old girl, and her dog Buster form a detective team with Winnie the Pooh and his friend Tigger and embark on various adventures. Now, you can already tell from that synopsis that it is god-awful um and that originally aired on disney playhouse which was the original name of disney jr um i mean first off where the hell did darby come from second of all why did she have a dog named buster uh third of all um it, it was cgi it was computer generated it i don't know originally 2007 how the hell did it last three seasons how to be fair though at least it had jink cummings doing the voice um of winnie the pooh um my all-time favorite mad lad uh jim cummings he's also done various other voices for characters in uh skyrim uh he's done voices of transformers um in animated series he's an all-round mad lad but he, he does winnie the pooh so he's he's always good anyway back to it disney tv shows that was one of the examples of one of the ones that i wish i could defend but really can't um but yeah, so the Disney um, TV shows, uh, now, if we say Marvel TV shows, then yeah, I can see. I don't know how many Disney TV shows they actually have done. Um, I, the Disney TV shows that I'm thinking of are all children's TV shows, like Jungle Junction, um, that weird Winnie the Pooh one. Um, then there's just a bunch of others that, um, Handy Manny, that was one. That I saw, yeah, that was Disney. Um, there was Handy Manny, there was, um, oh god, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, that was one. But yeah, so Disney had basically done a bunch of different TV shows, and um, most of them I believe were kids TV shows, I haven't really got a list in front of me of Disney TV shows, um, but I think a lot of the more TV shows that Disney have commissioned have been when, uh, have been through Marvel, which is obviously their other massive, uh, franchise, um, Cash Cow. Um, so, obviously, you've got, like, the ones that they've done on Netflix, like, uh, Luke Cage, um, Runaways, there was also that other one, uh, Jessica Jones, uh, Daredevil, that's another one, and then you've got the ones that they've done exclusively for Disney+, Plus, which is stuff like WandaVision and, uh, Loki, which is on at the moment, I uh, haven't finished watching that, um, but yeah, there's Loki, then you've also got Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and then other ones such as like Star Wars TV shows, uh, like The Mandalorian and The uh, Bad Batch, they are also sort of through Disney. But um, as in Disney themselves, I can't really name many uh, Disney TV shows off the top of my head that aren't kids TV shows. 
Um, but I don't know about you, Isabel, but, like, have you watched any of these kind of, like, <laughs> do you ever remember watching Disney as a child? Or um, are there any, like, Marvel TV shows that you've seen? Uh, when I was younger, I never really used to watch um, any kids' Disney shows, but I've definitely watched the movies and everything. <laughs> Definitely. Um, more recently, though, I have watched uh, WandaVision. Uh, I personally didn't quite enjoy it. I don't really like the character. Uh, what's her name? Scarlet Witch. Scar- yeah, Scarlet Witch. Um, yeah, the series didn't really do it for me. I did watch it all, though. Um, it was a bit random for me. <laughs> uh, any other ones that I've watched? I haven't watched The Mandalorian. Uh, is uh, what's the what's the one now with like the the Falcon and the, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Yes, that one. I started watching it, but I haven't finished it. Uh, I went through the first episode and didn't continue for some reason. I I watched these things with my dad, um, and I don't really visit him too often, so I think that's all I can say about them because I don't really watch the series. I'm more of a films kind of person. Fair enough. With Disney. Yeah, I mean the TV shows aren't really like something that they're known for and um you said about WandaVision personally I quite liked the sort of new tone that WandaVision brought um and like the the new kind of energy which quickly dissipated after like the first three episodes because when they actually moved into the actual plot of WandaVision and stopped doing the sitcom style um that was when I immediately realized that they had run out of ideas and, I noticed uh, that. Oh yeah. my god. It really <laughs> that was, was a bit tragic. Yeah, it was going good for the first three episodes, but then past that, what happened? I think it got a little bit off when the second witch came into play. Yeah, yeah, because like, you, I mean, I like um, I like the character of Scarlet Witch. Um, I always have. I think Elizabeth Olsen does a great job at, um, at, at doing her character, portraying her character. Um, but as soon as, as you said, as soon as like the other witch, Agnes, came uh, came in, suddenly it just kind of all folded in on itself. And I think if it hadn't been a mini series and they dragged it on a little bit longer, maybe built up a few different characters, maybe did a couple more episodes, then maybe it would have been better and not felt as rushed. But also, Marvel, Disney, sort out your CGI. I'm sorry, but. In both WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier, there are glaringly obvious problems with your CGI. Like, I can... I believe that Thanos is real. Like, half of these characters, like, freaking Rocket the Raccoon looks more realistic than anything you've done in the most recent Marvel TV shows. Like, I don't know. I believe that Rocket Raccoon is real. Like... You know, it, when I'm watching that movie, I believe that there is a massive tree and a raccoon who can talk to each other. But then you come into Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and I can't even believe that Falcon can fly. So a little bit to be desired there in terms of the production quality and, um, you know, just general uh, lack of creativity. But honestly, I think the most recent Marvel TV shows have gone downhill very much. Um, then Loki, um, spoilers. The uh, Time Variance Authority. Like, who names this shit? Seriously? Time Variance Authority. The TVA. It's just more like... This is just more Marvel stuff that just doesn't make any sense at all. And quite frankly, I think, you know, they need to kind of get the, get to grips with what they're actually trying to portray. But that is Marvel TV shows and Disney TV shows in a nutshell. Theme parks. Disneyland, as I said, opened in, the, uh, in July of 1955. 
And uh, the first one was in California. Now, Disney theme parks, that is something that I can actually say I like. Um, but only Disneyland Paris, because it's the only one I've been to. Basically, um, Disneyland Paris is something that I, that I love. Um, I have a photo, and back to the Winnie the Pooh thing, I have a photo of me stood next to a massive Winnie the Pooh. Um, and so, uh, so basically, um, the first time I went to Disneyland was when I was, like, really young, when I was probably about five or six. Um, and that, I, I really enjoyed that. I really loved, um, Disneyland, and that was such a magical experience for me. I loved it. Then, the second time I went was, uh, it, my dad basically, um, had been away for a long time, and, uh, he came back, but anyway, I hadn't seen my dad in a, in a fairly long time, and, uh, he took us out to Disneyland, um, like, as a sort of treat for, um, since, uh, since he came back, we all kind of celebrated, went to Disneyland. That was great fun, and, uh, I really enjoyed that again. And the rides at Disneyland are great. The Disney Castle is a matter of perspective. I've seen those videos. I know that it's not one solid building. I know that it's all down to your perspective. But, um, I'm sorry to ruin your childhood. Um, but it is just such a great experience, and the people, like, there are just so nice, and considering it's in France, it's surprisingly nice. Um, the people are surprisingly nice. Honestly, Disneyland Paris, such an amazing place. It's just such a... It, it's just magical. It's somewhere that I would love to go again and again, even, like, as I grow up. I will still go to Disneyland because it's just such a lovely place. And I don't think the magic ever gets lost on you. Because the sheer size and the sheer effort they go into, like, I wish they put that amount of effort into any of their Marvel TV shows. Because the, 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 the amount of planning and coordination that goes into creating the magic that you see in Disney is unreal. And hats off to them. They actually, that's one of the things they have definitely done right in the past year, uh, past few years. And it's its certainly somewhere that I would love to go again. And I think recently they celebrated ooh, 25 years of Disneyland Paris. So, you know, it's not been around an amazingly long time, but it's been around long enough. And I, I really do love it there. And I mean, I don't know about Isabel, like, have you ever been to Disneyland uh Paris or just any Disneyland or Disney World in general? I have been to Disneyland Paris twice. I loved it. As you said, it is so magical. I would literally have kids just to go there again and let them experience the magic that happens there. It is, it's something you cannot miss. You just have to go. Um, it's, it's like you've been transported into the world of Disney. Like, it, fantasy it's complete detachment from reality it's crazy um i actually uh during one of the parades um i've had two incidences with uh rapunzel and cinderella cinderella held my hand and spoke to me it was very it was quite a moment for little old me <laughs> um and also uh rapunzel waved at me uh because two times during the parade i was Firstly, wearing a Cinderella dress and a Rapunzel dress the second time. And I will say that I was a huge fan of dressing up in Disney dresses. It was a big part of my life. I would go to Tesco's wearing an outfit and I would not care. Oh. I'm just thinking about all the memories that nostalgia. Oh, wow. It just brings everyone together as well. I love it. Yeah. 
Um, that is theme parks. So, uh, as we move through the timeline of Disney, we get all the way up to the 90s. And that is when they started acquiring a bunch of, uh, well, companies. So they purchased Capital Cities, which is also um, ABC. So um, they included it. This this purchase included the ABC network, uh, which had a majority stake in ESPN um, and a joint stake in Lifetime Entertainment Services and a minority stake in A&E Television Networks and a limited partnership stake in DIC Entertainment. That is a lot of entertaining. Um, then there's Star Wave, which is a um, role online role playing game um, company. So they bought them, and then there was Infoseek, which was basically um, a search engine that um, was. I I don't know why they bought the search engine personally, but um, I, I do vaguely remember it um, being a thing. But um, it was purchased in 1999, and um, they then turned that into um, a portal to Go.com. Go.com is basically just this list of um, Disney IPs, um, Disney websites, and then you can just click on them and it takes you to a Disney website. Um, It's a pretty terrible idea, to be fair, but, you know, it understandably failed. Then in 2001, they bought Fox Family Worldwide. Then um, in 2004, they bought the Muppets. Then um, more recent acquisitions include Pixar in 2006. Fun fact for you, Pixar helped um, was helped along by Steve Jobs. And Pixar, they, a lot of the people that worked at Pixar used to work at Lucas um, LucasArts or whatever it was at the time. Um, they used to work for Lucasfilms and used to do some animation stuff for them. Then they broke off, they went and made Pixar Entertainment, and they got funding from a guy named Steve Jobs. So um, that way, Disney, Pixar, uh, Lucasfilm, and Apple are all connected, although Disney would later go on to acquire Pixar, um, and they would also go on to get Lucasfilm in 2012. So um, basically, the only thing that they don't own that helped create one of their most successful companies is Apple. Um, but yeah, anyway, Marvel 2009, um, as I said, Lucasfilm was 2012, uh, Maker Studios was bought in 2014, Bamtech was bought in 2017, 21st Century Fox was bought in 2019. But so there are the acquisitions. So, um, obviously anyone that has Disney Plus knows that, um, you can pretty much find anything that Disney has ever created on there. And recently, they added Star. Now, they managed to add Star on there because Star is part of, I believe, the 21st Century Fox kind of network. And um, a lot of Fox shows and stuff are now on Star. Um, And I do believe that includes Family Guy. So you can get Family Guy on Disney+. um, And you can get The Simpsons on Disney+. Although The Simpsons came to Disney+, before any of the other 21st Century Fox IPs. Um, But, yeah. And also... um, I watched Fox the other day because I got bored. I didn't know what to watch, so I just turned on Fox. And literally at every ad break, they're advertising their own shows. They're advertising... Like, one of the advertisements was for Bones. Um, and that is uh, obviously a Fox show. But they were saying, you can get all 18... 18? Uh, you can get all, like, eight seasons of that on Disney+. Plus. Um, and basically every ad break was an ad break to advertise Disney+. Plus. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much how that goes. But, um, yeah, they have a bunch of different uh, things that they've acquired. Again, 
Pixar, which they've kind of ruined, because um, a lot of people can't tell the difference between Pixar and Disney Animation Studios anymore, um, because there's a lot of Disney Animation Studios movies that, um, that like, I believe Lucas was one of them, um, that was like a Disney uh, thing, like, Wreck-It Ralph was a Disney Animation Studios, um, like, company, like, it was, it was a film even, and so that was made by that company. But Pixar make their own films. Like, Pixar are a different company entirely, as far as I can tell. Um, although the lines of that have become blurred in the recent years. But um, obviously, Pixar have done very well. Like, they have made um, Monsters, Inc. They made Cars. They made Cars 2. Oh, wait. That wasn't good. Cars 3. No. Um, Nemo. Finding Nemo. Then there was Finding Dory. Um, off of that topic. Um, but yeah, basically Disney have ruined Pixar in the most recent years. Disney have also ruined Marvel in the most recent years. Because, like, you know, Iron Man. That was a brilliant movie. Iron Man 2. Brilliant movie. Iron Man 3. Brilliant movie. Um, Spider-Man. Okay, that was Sony. Um, but there's a lot of, like, old Marvel movies that were brilliant. And then the most recent ones, it's like, oh... Look, we're the, the, the vision's not dead. Way. I loved Iron Man and Spider Man. They're my probably two favorites. Spider Man's great. Of Marvel. But um, like, what, what are your opinions on any of these acquisitions or um, like any of these companies in general? Uh, I don't really have anything to say about these companies actually. Yeah. But then again, we move through the timeline and we have um, Bob Chapek announced in uh, February of 2020 that uh, he was to succeed Bob Iger as CEO. Um, and then Iger stayed as executive chairman and chairman of the board during the transition period. And then in March of 2020, of course, we all know what happened then. And um, the pandemic hit. And uh, Iger announced that he wouldn't take a salary during the pandemic in March 2020. And uh, this is because he made, and uh, this is eye-watering amounts of money, um, 47.5 million US dollars. Um, he made that much in 2019. And um, Disneyland locations had to unfortunately close. And uh, 5 million, 5 million, 500 million uh, US dollars were saved through putting over... 100,000 staff at theme parks and hotels on indefinite unpaid leave. Oh, so, um, just on that note, um, basically Disney laid off their staff without laying off their staff. They said, don't worry, you've still got a job here, you just aren't going to get paid for it. And, um, you know, obviously that's a, that's a great thing that Disney did, saving 500 million, uh, US dollars. Um, they could probably put that towards making, um, I don't know, a Cinderella 2. Oh, wait. Um, maybe they can make a Jungle Book 2. Oh, wait. Maybe a Lion King 1 and a half. Oh, wait. Um, it, it seems that they just, um, didn't need that money at all, um, quite frankly. Um, so they, they could maybe give that 500 million back to the, um, people that need it to feed their families and can't get jobs because of the pandemic? I don't know, maybe it's just... It could be me being a little bit over-generous, but, um, personally, I think people need money to feed their families, but whatever. <laughs> could just be me. Probably just me being a, being a responsible citizen. But, pff, no. Um, then Shanghai, Disneyland, uh, reopened in... Uh, was the first to reopen in May of 2020 with COVID measures, which meant it would operate at 30% capacity. There'd be social distancing, face masks, and temperature checks. 
So then there were more reopenings that would slowly follow. And obviously, um, Disney cruises were also impacted during the pandemic. And then uh, they released um, releases and productions of many films and TV shows were delayed um, due to the pandemic and having to try and sort all this out. So that kind of led to a few different uh, a few different things getting canned or um, delayed. Um, obviously, a lot of the some of the most notable things is like uh, <clears throat> a lot of their new Marvel movies have been delayed, and a lot of their new stuff has been premiering on Disney Plus through a um, paid for access so uh, Ryan the Last Dragon that that was um, published on there uh, then there's Luca um, which is the most recent one I believe then there was something else but honestly most of these names are quite forgettable because they're pretty uh, weak plots but um, yeah they're basically that's basically what's been happening recently they um, also shut down Blue Sky Studios uh, but yeah if you want to see that more in depth uh, we did discuss that on episode 17 of the podcast so if you want to go back and check that out be my guest um, but yeah that's pretty much an entire history of Disney and um, it's been a long sort of ride for Disney I think and um, certainly a lot more to come. I personally think that the traditional values of Disney have been sort of overshadowed most recently and I think that Disney is becoming one of those greedy companies. Like every company they're just becoming more money hungry and more greedy and they're trying to cut corners wherever possible which is not making for good quality content and uh, yeah, honestly, it, it does upset me that Disney has become this way. Um, I did say, like, it, it's funny, a couple years ago, I said to myself, and I said this to a few other people as well, I said, the day they make a Wreck-It Ralph 2 and a live-action Winnie the Pooh is the day I finally give up on Disney. They made, and in that same year, I kid you not, they made or at least announced pretty much what happened uh is i said you know the the the, 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 the when they finally make a record Ralph 2 and a live action winnie the pooh is there i finally give up on disney and in within that same year they'd announced a record Ralph 2 and a live action winnie the pooh um which was just great foreshadowing wasn't it although to be fair record Ralph 2 was an absolutely brilliant marketing campaign for all of disney's other ips and also a good movie too um uh, but yeah that was basically just, it was one entire gigantic ad, but I did enjoy it. Then the live-action Winnie the Pooh, as I said, I'll uh, defend that vigorously. Christopher Robin, the movie, uh, that was something I really enjoyed personally as well. But um, yeah, overall, I think Disney has gone downhill in most recent years, and I hope they can kind of like restart and go back to their roots, maybe do some cell animation, go back to doing the, like, the, the, the kind of good stuff. I really miss like the old days of like Sleeping Beauty. Like that was one of the best kind of movies. That was a great. That was like a great movie, and I, I kind of wish that they they still put that kind of production quality in the movies. I mean, they're pretty much my final thoughts on Disney and them as a company. So I'll hand it over to Isabel now to give her final thoughts on uh, Disney. I believe that they have done a very good job in presenting their stories through animation. They've really created a magical world for everyone to enjoy. Love it. <laughs> I do actually agree with you on that. Um, although I have like on Disney for most of this um, episode, some of the worlds they've created and some of the characters they've created or turned into movies, um, that they have done an exceptional job 
And um, I, I do wish, yeah, I, I wish Disney all the best in the future. And I wish that they, um, like, the, the reason why I'm getting so irate over Disney is because it's just as Isabel said about them creating magic. I miss, like, always being in awe of everything they create. Like, I used to always look up to Disney and go, wow. But now I go, cash grab, cash grab. Wow, that was a good movie. Cash grab, cash grab, cash grab. Marvel movie, cash grab. And I I wish I could just look at them with a little less cynicism and be more like, wow, that was a great movie. And um, that's that's why I'm getting so, like, angry. And it's because I just miss the days that I could be part of like the Disney worlds. I one time I used to feel like I was in a Disney movie and now I feel like I have paid for the privilege of being exploited. But that is me. I think that does conclude today's episode. If you would like to see more of us, you can go find us over on Twitter and Instagram at MindsPeoplePC. Um, we also have a website, which we'll link in the description of today's episode, and you can go visit that, and we'll have some spotlight episodes over there, so if you don't know what to watch, go over there, check it out, and maybe find a few videos that you want to see, because we'll recommend them to you through there. We also have a lovely Discord server, and um, honestly, it's a great place. We have a lovely, friendly, welcoming community, and uh, we have multiple channels where you can talk about um, Di- Disney. <laughs> too much Disney today, um, where you can talk about movies, TV shows, anime, you can talk about all sorts of things, gaming, and um, yeah, we'd love to see you over there, uh, come join us, and it's also one of the best ways to stay updated uh, on the podcast. And um, we also have an email address, so if you want to send in any comments uh, that we may feature in the next video, in in the next episode, sorry, um, we will uh, leave that in the description, but um, it Okay, we won't leave that in the description, lol. Um, wait, we do, do we? No, we don't. Um, but our email is contact.complicatedpeople at gmail.com, so if you want to go find us over there um, and speak to us through that way, please do. And uh, lastly, we also have a YouTube channel, which is the same name as the podcast, so um, if you'd like to go over there, give us a subscribe, like a couple other videos, it really does help. And um, again, if you're already over on YouTube, why don't, you, uh, why don't you just leave us a comment down below and sort of tell us what you did and didn't like about this episode, whether you agree or disagree with anything that's been said. And honestly, we would love to hear your opinions, and uh, again, we may even feature that in a future episode. Um, so just before we go, I'd like to thank Isabel for joining me today on this episode. Uh, thank you, Isabel, for um, your lovely insights into the world of Disney. Thank you for having me. And uh, yeah, it's been great talking to you, and it's been great. It's been great fun recording. So um, hope that we have created something for you guys at home. Hope you guys have really enjoyed this, and uh, thank you all for listening. And we will see you next time. Goodbye. Adiós, amigos.